Let me tell you what we're going to do this morning so that you can kind of lean into it. And uh, we're going to ask you to participate, but in an unusual way. This is going to be a journey of your own heart. Um, as we come to the end of this year, um, it's important for us to remember as a community of faith that uh, Scripture often talks about the gift of remembering. If you study Scripture, you see that there are seasons in Scripture where they create monuments um, are some kind of Ebenezer to signify a time where God did something significant that they wanted everybody to remember. Uh, like when the Israelites came across the Jordan River, when the Lord stopped the Jordan River, they built a huge monument of stones from the middle of the river so that they would remember how great their God is and how he brought them through the desert but also brought them through the Jordan River. And you know, as we live our lives, we often don't have these supernatural, the heavens part, we hear the voice of God and the Jordan River stops, but we do have the work of God in our lives. And it's important for us as we come to uh, the end of a year to remember. But scripture says something interesting about remembering. He said, scripture says that when we remember, we do it so that we can also proclaim. In other words, we draw on our past so that we can remember what God has done, so that we can then take that promise of the past and apply it to the future, that we can become proclaimers because first we were rememberers. So what we're going to do today, uh, we're going to have a few songs that we're going to sing together. Uh, Joel and Russ are going to come and share a few things that God has given them to remember this year and how they're proclaiming that into the new year. And then we're going to ask you to step into it. Because here's what our prayer is for you this year, is that your time of remembering and your time of proclaiming would get closer and closer and closer together. See, I'm real good at looking back five years and seeing how God was working through a situation, whether it was a good or a bad moment. Uh, what's difficult for me sometimes is to see it when it's this close to my face. But isn't that the journey of faith when that distance gets shorter and shorter to where we not just remember, but we also proclaim in the same breath. So we're going to encourage you to step into that journey so that we're going to proclaim some stuff for the new year that's coming up. Okay? Will you join me in prayer? Let's pray. Lord, we stop uh, and we just praise you. And we remember that uh, we gather together today because uh, you sent your son, Jesus Christ. Um, not just to be a baby, but also to be a savior. To go to a cross and take our sins upon him. And to set us free, not just from a world of sin, but to set us free from ourselves. And so, Lord, as we, uh, we sit here this morning in this room that needs to warm up, with most of our community gone, we just thank you that, Lord, we don't sit here alone. We sit with each other and we sit with you. And that we remember because of Christ's resurrection, we will never be alone. That you are our Father, that you have drawn us close. So this morning, Lord, would you let us remember those promises that you've given us and let us proclaim them on our present and in the future so that we can be those that walk not just by faith, but with boldness and courage. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Uh, yesterday my wife and I had... Uh, made a pact and the pact was is that uh, we weren't uh, gonna get each other gifts and she broke the pact and it made me feel horrible because why 
I didn't get her anything. And maybe it was one of those deals that maybe we said, well, we're not going to get each other anything. And, but it was not, it was like a lie. You know what I'm saying? Well, we're really going to get, well, we'll tell each other no. And I, I don't know what happened, but the bottom line was that sure enough, as the girls were, were uh, handing out the gifts, here comes a couple gifts to me. And I see one from Shelly and I began looking around my, the room yesterday, um, and it was a weird, weird, weird day for me, because for those of you uh, that know, uh, some of you that don't know, I, uh, I have a big family. I have um, many daughters that the Lord has blessed me with, four, and um, this last year has been a, uh, have you ever had anything happened like this where it was a horrific slash beautiful you know what I'm saying it was both it was terrible and it was beautiful at the same time and this year was like that for me it was a little bit horrific for me because I my family was breaking up my I two daughters uh, my oldest daughters got married in this last year this year they got married and that was a really weird difficult time for me I had never done anything like this before. It was hard. And my babies, these are my girls, you know, and, and so it was, it was hard for me. And so looking around the room, I, I had these, these new son-in-laws that were with me yesterday. And, uh, and people said, wow, that's going to be kind of interesting. And I said, yeah, it really, it really is because I, I've been, I live in a girl's household. And so, you know, some said, well, it'll be great to have men in the house. And, and, and it was, it was good, but it would, at the same time was, was kind of different, you know, for me. And, uh, so, uh, sure enough, that whole illustration though, what I want to make sure I point to you to today is this, is that, um, <laughs> if there was anything that when I looked around the room yesterday and, and saw my new son-in-laws and my family, I realized absolutely how out of control I am in my life. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, this, like this, is, this is not my deal. The Lord had other plans for people in my life. And um, so sure enough, I open up the gift that's in front of me. And the gift is mastering the art of French cooking. Yes, it was that Julia, is it called Julia Julia movie or whatever it's called? And, she, and my wife gave me that book and then the CD to watch this movie. And she, I love to cook. And so uh, I, I sat there and I looked at this and I looked at that first word, mastering. And I thought, and I looked around the room and I thought, I'm the master of nothing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, I, how am I the master of anything? And then I did the, the worst thing you could possibly do on Christmas Day after we all open the gifts, we all eat. I go back to that book and read the first chapter of mastering the art of French cooking. And oh my gosh, um, I don't know if I'll be able to get three pages in with realizing how much of a uh, dummy I am as it relates to French cooking, you know. I said that to you today because I, I want to stand here and give testimony to you and proclaim to you how absolutely mighty and beautiful and big and phenomenal our Lord is. And the story that he is writing for me in my life, let, please hear me when I tell you, is very, very different 
than the story I would write for my life. And I find it interesting how much I still could possibly believe that because of my choices or because of what I do, I could be the sovereign in my life. And in this last year, I think the Lord has really shown me in a very beautiful way, Joel, this really isn't your story. It's my story that I'm telling through you. And will you listen to it? And will you submit to it? So the, the scripture I have, to, I have to share with you today is, a, is one that's helped me this year because of especially the position I have here at Midtown. And it's been, it's, it resounds all the time, and it's this. It's in, in Psalms 127, it says this. Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. And then unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. And the scriptures there tell us who we are. And who we are and who I am is I'm a builder. I'm not the Lord. And who I am is I'm a watchman who stands guard. I'm not the Lord who watches over the city. And it's, it's, if you think about it long enough and meditate on it and hear the words, it's a tr- there's a tremendous sense of freedom in it. And I speak that freedom to you today. I proclaim the freedom of knowing that we are builders and watchmen who are literally being controlled and under the direct, sovereign, beautiful authority of a mighty God who has us in our hands. He's telling a story. He's tell- the one he's telling in your life right now, it's his story that he wants to tell. Open up your hands to it. Open up your heart to it. Relax in it. It's a good message for us. So I want to I proclaim that, and I want to I pray and thank the Lord for that. Lord, thank you. Thank you for being a mighty God, the same God who directed and cared for and strengthened and provided for so many of these phenomenal, phenomenal biblical people like Joshua. Lord, you, you are the Lord of this city. You are the Lord of this church. You are our Lord. You are the sovereign. You are the ruler. And it's, it's, it's really difficult for me because even today I, I feel like as I even think of that, I have to confess to you the sin of me actually believing that I can control my life. I pray, Lord, I, I pray that we would be a people that even in this next year would continue with our lives, with our relationships, to proclaim this truth that we are the watchmen, that we're little, and that you're big. Amen. Well, hello. My name is Russ Ramsey. For those of you who I haven't met, uh, I'm on the pastoral team at Midtown here. I started back in July. Um, and I am the uh, pastor at the 12 South Congregation. And my family is here. They're back there. I have a wife and four kids. And um, when I think back on 2010, uh, and when we think back on 2010, and I think about what I want to proclaim about the Lord, um, Lamentation 3, 
22 and 23 comes to mind for me. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, and his mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Uh, This year, when this year started, I had really no idea that I would be standing here. I was pastoring a church in Kansas City. We'd been there for the better part of a decade. Great relationships with people, deep friendships, and uh, and then um, Midtown called, and the Lord was doing a work and uh, made this transition in our family, and it was an amazing, crazy year. Um, and I, I, you know, I wonder for for those of you who are sitting here, if if this year is ending in the way that you thought it would, uh, or if it's even close uh, to the way that you thought it would. I'm a person who uh, learned a lot this year about how much I try to build in familiarity into my world. And uh, what the Lord graciously gave me and my family this year is that he just inverted all that. He turned everything upside down. just going through the list of the things that changed for us in a short window of time, um, where I work, um, where we make our home, the friendships that are moving in and out of our lives on a regular basis, our familiarity with our neighborhood and city and knowing how to get from one place to another in your car without, without help, um, a, a church family that you get to know. Uh, I spent two months this summer without my wife and kids with me, which is the first time that's ever happened uh, as well. And it's just, it's amazing how much just that inverts everything. Uh, Just, I felt like I was just sort of floating out there a lot of times. And then there's all the stuff that the Lord is bringing in, not just the stuff that's going away, but there's the stuff that he's he's bringing in, A, a new place to work with a new staff and people that you're getting to know and how we function together and finding a home and new friendships and new church family and all of this. And, you know, when I think about how I handle transition, I've learned a lot this year about that. Um, and one of the things that I've learned is how little I really actually know uh, about, about what's in, inside of me. Now, there were moments during this season of transition where people in the town that we left were grieving and sad or my kids or my wife were grieving and sad and I'm here to tell you I nailed it uh, in terms of shepherding them and encouraging them. I was like a battlefield medic, you know, just kind of doing triage from one person to the other in the zone, you know, very little to work with but I just instinct was taken over and it was, it was awesome. But those were rare. What there were more of were, I hesitate even to call them moments, because really what they were were stretches of time where my behavior was horrible. My attitude was self-absorbed. My relationships were marginalized and unattended. My devotional life was pretty minimal. It makes me think of when Jesus was talking to the people, and he was talking about how unmovable their hearts were. And he was saying, we played the lute for you and you didn't dance. And we sang a dirge for you and you didn't mourn. Do you know what it's like to be in that place where you can't grieve over sad things and you can't rejoice over things that are 
truly wonderful. Your heart is just immovable. So many times in this last year where that has just been my story. Of just, it's where I've been. I don't know how you handle stress, but I'm a person who often just tends to withdraw when that's going on. And so when I think about what I want to thank the Lord for today, it's this. In these times when I would have expected to feel like God would be saying to me, look, if this is the way you're going to be, then I'm just going to back up and let you kind of have it your way. I, I, don't, I didn't have moments like that this year. I had moments when I was at my worst and the presence of God was just so palpable and real. And it was just this steadfast display of his love for me that is, I don't know how to explain it except for that it was, it was there. And I want to give praise to God by saying this. One of the big lessons for me of 2010 is that God is not moody and he's not fickle when it comes to his love for his people. He's not playing coy with us. He's not playing hard to get. His steadfast love never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. He renews them every day, every day. And I've begun, I've begun even to see then the gifts, the unfolding gifts that he's been giving us in 2010. This church that I'm growing to just love in such profound ways. I feel my heart warming, you know, as I have people on the staff in my life in a regular and ongoing way. We're getting a sense of being home in the city that we love more than any other city in the world. We're seeing friendships grow and develop and blossom that are just meaningful to us. The Lord of my life and the Lord of my vocation, my job, my work, the Lord of my family, the Lord of my relationships is Emmanuel, God with us. And he has been with me this year, and I want to give thanks to him for that. And I want to pray. Lord, you... know the stories of everyone in this room. You know what 2010 has been. And Lord, you also know that there are many in this room who 2011 is not going to end the way that they are anticipating right now. Uh, Father, I pray that you would remind us continually through your presence, through your word, that you are not fickle, that you're not moody, that you're not distant, that you're not sleeping, that you're not disinterested in our lives, but that you are present with us in everything all the time. Father, we thank you that your steadfast love never ceases and your mercies never come to an end. Great is your faithfulness. It's in your name, Jesus, I pray and for your glory. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm about to ask you to step into the journey of uh, the stories that you're hearing of uh, remembering, uh, but also proclaiming. Um, since everybody's mentioned their family, I have three kids, and uh, they're of the age now to where they don't get me up on Christmas morning anymore. I get them up. Uh, they're not teenagers. One is, but the others are in their 20s. But we have this tradition in our home for the last six years is to spice up Christmas. Uh, I give our kids 
something that requires a remote control uh, to kind of reclaim the wonder of Christmas. But even that has lost some of its zeal, so I kind of spiced it up even more this year. I went and uh, got my boys, who are 20 and 22, a uh, remote control helicopter. Cool, isn't it? And, uh, but that wasn't enough, because that, as cool as that is, we needed more. So I went to uh, Walmart, and actually, you can purchase these. It's a Nerf shotgun that shoots these Nerf darts. So in our house, we had helicopter target practice all on Christmas Day, flying this thing through the living room and trying to take it out with a shotgun. And it's kind of what we're hearing about today. If you've never experienced that, by the way, I recommend that for this afternoon's activity. Uh, Is that, you know, this last year, if you think about it, there are wondrous moments in all of our lives where things have taken off and they've taken flight. And we look at them and we're in awe and we're wowed by how things are going as we'd hoped or we had planned or dreamed or even beyond our wildest expectations. But then there's also moments where we feel like something or someone or some ones are shooting at us and trying to knock us out of the sky, whether that's relationally, whether that's emotionally, personally, but even spiritually. Uh, And I wouldn't say for some of us, I would say that if you're true with yourself and honest, there's not a person in this room that would not be able to share the story of how something this year has knocked you out of the sky. Something has uh, interrupted your flight. Something came between you and the grand expectations you had of an event, a situation, or even of yourself or others. You know what we're really challenging you about today to think about this is it's not just praising God and remembering the good things he did, but also daring to step into the mystery of praising him from when you get shot out of the sky. Why would I say that? What is that about? You know, everyone here, I'm sure, if we're honest, can also say that when we look back in retrospect, those times when uh, we tripped and fell, or somebody tripped us and we fell, our life just knocked our legs out from under us, If we get far enough away from it, we can still see how God was working through that. Because God promised that he's going to work all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. But sometimes it takes a lot of distance between now and then to see that. So I want to challenge you this morning to remember not just the good, but also the bad. And this morning, let's proclaim him as Lord over it. Proclaim him as the God of promise. The God who, because of what Christ has done for us on the cross and through the power of his resurrection, is very present right now. You know, I was thinking this morning about that, and there's a story in the Old Testament about King David. And he was king, and his son, his eldest son, rose up to try to kill his father and to throw him off the throne and become king. I mean, imagine that, that your own children rise up and want to take your life and take all that you have and replace you with them. Can you imagine the heartache? Listen to what David said. He said, O Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. Have you ever been in that situation in this last year where you've been in a place to where you didn't believe that God was for you, that you didn't believe that God was with you, And even other people were treating you like you have been abandoned to your situation. 
people say things like, oh, I knew this was going to happen. Or I knew when you said that you were going to come to this end. Or, yeah, I've been there. I know exactly what you're going through. There's no way out. Have you ever been there? Listen to what David said. But you, Lord, are a shield about me. You bestow glory on me. And you are the lifter of my head. You're the lifter of my head. Psalm 3. Here's what I want us to do this morning. What do you remember in 2010? Because if you're like me, it's a lot of good. The hot helicopter taking off, but it's also a lot of pain of getting shot out of the sky, if we're honest. And I want to ask you this morning, as we pause and meditate on that, on this last song that we sing, will you join with me to proclaim something? And that is, right where you are right now, exactly what you have right now, it's what the Lord has given you. And it's everything you need for the journey that he has set before you in 2011. Because he's the lifter of your head. He's the one that carries us. He's the one that sustains us. He is our shield about us. Would you dare to go there? Now, the reason I say dare is because I'm going to be honest with you. It takes a lot of courage to look at the good and the bad and to say to the Lord, I'm trusting you because of what Christ has done for me and the promise that he made through his resurrection. That it's no longer I live who lives, but Christ who lives through me. And the life I live, good, the bad, the suffering, the rejoicing, the successes and the failures, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 2011, a year of faith that he's the lifter of our head. Would you go there with me? It's honest, isn't it? It's hard. It's real. So let's pause. And I'm going to give you a second to think about it. What do you praise him for? What have been the successes this year? Where have you seen him work in amazing ways? And the struggles. Where has this year been hard? And do you dare to see him in the middle of that too? If you've got a pen, you can write some of those things down or just take a mental note. But let's just pause for a minute and be silent and consider that. Lord, it's, uh, it's hard to believe that as we uh, stumble into the end of 2010, that maybe even our stumbling exactly what we need, that maybe it's my head hanging that I need to experience you being the lifter of my head. But some of us, Lord, are running into the end of this year soaring, that we've experienced your grace and your mercy and your provision. And Lord, we don't take that for granted. We rejoice in the goodness that you've given us. And so, Lord, whether it's uh, great success, failure, pain, struggle, doubts, uh, our great joy. Lord, we pray that you would help us now to proclaim that you're a God of promise. And it's the promises that you challenge us to grasp hold of that we may participate with the divine. And we pray, Father, that over all these things, this mixed bag of stories of great flights and great target practice, that you would help us to lift up your name. That, Lord, we would be those that shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. 
that we would worship the Lord with gladness, that we would come before him with joyful songs and know that the Lord is God. It is he who has made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. And so, Lord, we enter your gates with thanksgiving and your courts with praise. We give thanks to you and we praise your name for you are good and your love endures forever. Your faithfulness continues through all generations.